I am your host Sukriti Adwanshi. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Tech Geek podcast. As AI, you know, AI innovations become more relevant, the impact AI is having on the developer community is hard to ignore. Now, ChatGPT, which is like one of the most trending things on the internet these days, is not here to replace any traditional developers or software engineers, but to provide tools that eliminate repetitive tasks and accelerate time to market for app development. Additionally. With the new technologies and innovations surfacing at an unprecedented rate, it has become imperative for tech enthusiasts across industries to equip themselves with the in-demand and futuristic skills. Therefore, it is plausible to conclude that the future of AI in programming is one of helpers too, rather than replacements of programmers. Now, that being said, I would like to welcome our guest speaker for this episode, and I'm delighted to have Deepak Vishwesaraya. Who is the Vice President, Platform Engineering and Site Managing Director from Pega Systems? Hello, Deepak. Welcome to the Tech Geek Podcast. Good morning, Shukriti. Thank you so much for that warm welcome and um, incredibly energizing discussion. And I don't think there is a day that goes by without really talking about the impact of um, what is going on in the AI, you know, field and and how generative AI is um, taken the world by storm and what have you. And um, Really appreciate um, you know being invited to speak on this um, podcast here from Tech Tech. So I'm excited about it. Thank you so much, Deepak. I completely echo your thoughts. That not a single day you know passes by when we don't talk about, we don't write about, or we don't discuss about AI. Now I would like to quickly jump onto the questions that I have for you. And to start with, what are your thoughts about an AI you know powered coding uh, revolution that we are trying to look at, and uh, should we reevaluate how we currently develop software? Yeah, great, great question about a lot of myths that are being formed too, right? So um, it is it is good to be able to kind of peel that um, um, onion a little bit. Uh, firstly, let me you know give a couple of data points in terms of the macro trends that are happening, right? This is not necessarily from a coding revolution perspective, but overall AI related, right? You know, if you look at AI, it is estimated to add somewhere about 500 billion dollars to the economy by 2025 and that's just two years down the road right it's being utilized to do so many different things apart from increasing efficiency or saving cost or improving customer experience or you know across various industries doesn't matter what you look at whether it is healthcare finance retail etc right i think a recent um, goldman sachs report actually talked about um, just the generative artificial intelligence, right? The generative AI part could contribute as much as about seven trillion US dollars, or about seven percent of the global GDP, in the next um, eight to ten years, right? So there is obviously a huge impact that it is expected to create. Now, let's actually boil that down to uh, that the question about coding revolution in, in in terms of how does it you know impact software development. Uh, or what do we what do we look at it you know look at from that perspective right the coding landscape if you step back and look at it has changed dramatically over the last um, probably a decade or two right a lot of automation tools for programmers have matured to a large extent um, you know in its scope in its ability um, to be able to help developers you know due to the due to their radically faster workflows um, these tools. Um, are now you know almost deemed essential for programmers, right? So good examples are like you know GitHub or Jenkins or various other you know tools like that. So think you know I would love for software developers to think 
AI as another um, tool that can help them in their everyday development, deployment activities, or, or what have you, right? Every developer can now code in pretty much any popular language, um, different train models, solve um, you know common problems in much smaller time, in a fraction of the time than what it would have taken otherwise um, years ago, right? In 2023, um, in 2023 alone, um, I believe that the demand for software engineers rose by about 17% across all industries. So there is nothing, it's not like, you know, software development jobs are going away. It's only because there is so much demand still uh, from a demand and supply point of view um, that, that we continue to see increase um, in the demand for software engineers to that end, right? So, um, so plenty of things going on, um, you know, in that aspect. So let's think about it in terms of what is the impact of these AI-powered um, solutions, um, you know, or, or you know, purely from a coding revolution, as you um, as you asked about it, right? I think uh, I think of a few areas. One, I think increased productivity. AI-powered coding tools can automate repetitive tasks. Um, it can generate code templates. It can refactor code. It can debug. Um, it can do a few things that can actually help developers save time and focus on. Uh, probably higher complex, more engineering, um, you know, serious problem solving capabilities um, that, that need to happen, right? So this leads to increased productivity and faster um, development cycle, if you will. Second, I would say is um, enhanced code quality. Um, what AI tools can do, they can also analyze code patterns, they can identify bugs, they can suggest improvements, um, you know, and then by leveraging um, some of the machine learning algorithms that are there or that are built into some of these tools, these tools can detect common coding mistakes. Right? Um, they can optimize a little bit of the code structure. They can enforce some best practices um, that are designed by an organization. Right? These kind of things can lead to improved code quality, um, being able to do um, develop um, with fewer bugs and then better you know, ability to maintain code for that matter. Right? That's the second thing. I would say thirdly, code generation and completion. Um, these days, especially generative um, um, AI models like ChatGPT or GPT-3, GPT-4, what have you, um, they are capable of being able to generate code snippets or complete code based on um, a context or, or existing patterns, if you will. Right? This feature particularly is useful when developers are working on repetitive tasks or let's say unfamiliar code bases, right? If somebody joined um, a new company and, and they need to be able to go understand this code and then debug this code, you know, they could leverage that help. And um, so it accelerates, you know, that coding process, reducing errors, whatever you, um, and then helps in learning newer, you know, whether it is programming languages or new products or frameworks or whatever, right? Fourth is, um, Smarter code refactoring, one of the um, areas where um, generative AI technology can be used well is, is in, in, in terms of code refactoring by um, you know, automatically suggesting optimizations, um, identifying duplicate code um, and um, things like that in, in, in terms of looking for alternative implementations if you want. Right? These tools can um, you know, analyze large code bases and then propose refactoring changes that um, improve performance, potentially, you know, readability, maintainability. You can ask, you know, um, the, these generative AI algorithms to 
uh, format your code, you know, to, to add comments based on the context and things like that, right? And lastly, um, it can help in um, bug detection, intelligent bug detection and debugging. Um, a lot of the AI algorithms can analyze code and identify potential, you know, vulnerabilities, you know, based on some of the security uh, vulnerabilities that are reported, you know, elsewhere in public or what have you, and then it can bring those things into picture. They can assist in debugging and tracing such, um, um, you know, bugs that are in the code for that matter, which can help speed up the debugging process for um, a developer. These are probably ones I would say where there's been a significant impact, um, you know, from leveraging generative AI. I do want to say while um, AI-powered coding solutions offer um, a lot of benefits that we talked about, it is important to note that um, it's, it's not really meant to replace human developers, right? Instead, um, I think as you said in the opening line, um, they serve as powerful tools to augment and enhance developers' capabilities, making that coding process more efficient and productive. Um, and, you know, all said and done, human expertise, the creativity, um, the, the critical thinking, all of them remain very vital in software development. And, um, you know, AI tools can actually be seen as assistance to support um, such coding practices. Um, I would probably be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of things that, um, you know, think about in terms of what AI power tools cannot do today um, as well, just so the developers can understand um, some of that too, is that, you know, they cannot really bring the high level conceptual understanding, right? Yeah, AI tools probably will struggle to comprehend such high level conceptual understanding that humans can do or have that broader context of a project uh, when looking at, you know, you know, looking at things in a broader perspective. Things like creativity and innovation, right? AI tools are primarily designed to work based on patterns and based on existing data and based on what they're trained on. Um, they, they're not outside of that realm. They can't be creative or innovative. That's, that's only comes from human mind. Um, things like business logic and domain specific knowledge, right? Again, AI-powered, you know, coding solutions may not have that domain-specific knowledge because they are trained on what they are trained on, right? And then um, um, they may not be able to understand the complex business logic that may come from years and years of, um, you know, business knowledge of, of humans. And, um, you know, ethical decision-making, right, is another important um, aspect. Yeah, algorithms are, are limited, you know, by the data that they are trained on. So it is important to be able to understand what they are trained on and are there, is, are there any bias in, in the terms of the decisions that, that are being made uh, by these systems. And lastly, um, the, the user experience and design. Um, you can't really bring that, um, you know, mind of design and user experience uh, of humans completely into a tool. Um, you know, that, that essentially doesn't exist today, right? So these are some of the things that, that um, software developers should really think despite all of the revolution or the impact that, that we talk about from generative AI, there's a lot of value and then it can actually help software developers as we move forward. Um, I know it was a little bit of a longer answer, but I, I hope I answered that question well. Absolutely, Deepak, and I think it required a lot of attention. Reason being, we're also talking about how uh, you know we need to reevaluate uh, you know the current software development uh, uh, arena and uh, how you want to maybe just try reworking and innovate that space entirely. 
So thank you so much for that. Moving on to the next one, one of the most trending things, uh, Chat GPT, that I would want you to actually talk about. Could you just try and uh, you know demystify the Chat GPT explosion and its overall adoption in India right now? Uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, like like we talked about earlier, probably every um, school kid or college kid uh, these days knows about Chat GPT. Um, just to set the you know context here. The chat GPT explosion you know, and its adoption essentially refers to the widespread adoption and popularity of what we refer to as large language models, you know, LLMs in short. Um, you know, whether you refer to GPT-3 or GPT-4 or what have you, um, which have significantly advanced capabilities um, of, of AI, right? Like, for example, the GPT-3 or GPT-4 developed by OpenAI um, is essentially a state-of-the-art um, large language model um, that can generate very human-like text responses. I think that is what is important, you know, generating those human-like, um, you know, text responses when it is given a prompt or when it's given an input, right? It is kind of safe to assume that um, chat GPT's payment adoption in the Indian IT market is likely a reflection of this broader trend globally uh, towards the increased investment in AI and related technologies in India, which um, compares, you know, companies are increasingly investing in uh, to, to stay ahead of the curve um, in such a dynamic market that is changing by the day. I talked about some of the investment, like the 500 billion um, to the economy in the next couple of years, you know, in, in 2025, that's just, you know, in two years, right? Further, if you think about like the latest version GPT-4 um, of, of this chat GPT, with about 1.5 billion parameters, it's the first of a series of large-scale language models deployed by OpenAI. And this makes it one of the most powerful um, you know, large language models, right? allowing it to generate more and more human-like text you know, outputs, if you will. This adoption of um, large language models or, or the chat GPT-like um, models right, um, in, in India has been pretty notable with um, organizations and developers exploring various applications and use cases just because we have such a large um, ecosystem of software developers. Right? I mean, we obviously have one of the largest ecosystem of software developers. Right? So what are the factors that are contributing to the adoption of um, um, you know, chat GPT in various parts of technology that um, as software developers that we are used to? Um, I would probably say one um, versatile you know, conversational AI, right? You can use GPT-3 or GPT-4 you know, and, and engage in um, a dynamic and context-aware conversations. Conversations are actually happening so much more um, easier, both, you know, especially from a conversation perspective or even voice perspective, right? It's making it a lot more suitable for a wide range of applications, um, you know, from chatbots to virtual assistants to customer support applications, um, what have you. Um, these models are used heavily um, to, to be able to um, generate those responses in real time. Um, for that matter, in, in, in most of these um, these things. And then it creates a lot more personalized experiences. That is one aspect of it, right? Um, second is um, improved language understanding. Um, it's, it's amazing in, in terms of some of the some of these models like ChatGPT has demonstrated pretty 
um, good language understanding capabilities, enabling it to comprehend and generate text in multiple languages, including you know uh, most of our Indian languages. This versatility kind of makes it very appealing for our business and, and developers in India because of our requirement of multilingual you know, support. If you you know if if you look at it from a Indian context, it's 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 great. You know that support is often uh, critical. You know for us. Um, third is probably code generation that I talked about earlier. Code generation and that assistance. You know GPT-3 or GPT-4 or, or what we refer to as chat GPT can assist with um, code generation, providing developers with um, smaller snippets of codes and, and solutions for programming problems. Right. This functionality is particularly valuable where large and diverse developer community that I spoke about in India, right? They can benefit from uh, uh, from, from from these you know features. Think of um, citizen developers, especially developers who are not necessarily deeply technically trained. Let's say you know there is a, a person who has been in the insurance industry who understands the business aspect of it, but would want to. Um, try and you know develop um, some code or you know does want to uh, be able to understand or, or develop an application um, they could you know they could really do that with the help of some of these tools right you know that that is that is becoming possible um, these days and lastly I would say you know accessibility um, and developer community right um, the availability of um, chat GPD um, especially um, these models through apis and developer platforms, has made it so much more accessible to a broader range of people. Now you don't have to be a complete, you know, geek or a software developer um, to be able to access these things, right? To be able to access these models. Now there are interfaces or other tools which we will talk about, like like low-code platforms and what have you, that in, that that integrate these kind of tools into um, a larger platform and give that uh, accessibility to a much much bigger developer community if you want okay and um, this has fueled um, a lot of experimentation um, and, and collaboration within the developer community to try new things out to encourage um, innovation and exploring new applications and new use cases what have you right so um, you know so it's important to note that while um, I, I talk about um, this chat GPT um, tools as, as, um, that offer powerful language generation capabilities um, still has limitations still has potential ethical concerns that we talked about earlier right right these models require careful validation monitoring human oversight um, um, to to ensure that the content is accurate and unbiased um, and then make sure that we are following ethical standards so but can leverage you know as as a you know um, really tools and and i hope that um, helps you know for people to understand a little bit of this whole um that the chat gpd explosion and how um, it is adopted, or what are some of the factors um, that um, that is, you know, may, that is resulting in such a wider adoption, especially in India. Simply Deepak, uh, and I am sure uh, you know the kind of uh, adoption that we are looking at. Of course, it's massive and uh, trending. But the overall preview, what you know, experts like you think and you guys are working on, is is also very critical. Moving on to the next one, with the latest technologies like generative AI and low code at helm. What is the future of app development? You know, we've, you have also, you know, touched base about generative AI in the very first question. But, uh, yeah. you know, how do you think uh, the future of app development overall looks like? Fantastic question. I think it's a great follow-up to what we talked about in, in terms of what is the future of application development and, and especially 
you know, with technologies like um, generative AI and low code, um, you know, um, at the top, right? So think about this in, in terms of, you know, the, the convergence, especially of low code platforms leveraging generative AI uh, functionalities, I think have contributed to an increased efficiency and then faster development cycles of um, applications. Um, you know, let's let's step back in, in in terms of think about the journey, right? Um, engineers, software engineers used to develop an application from scratch. So every time we wanted to build an application, we would build it from scratch and build everything. Every line of code um, that was to be written, um, you know, had to be written by a software developer or a team of developers. And it took months or years to develop a simple application you know, in the IT world. Then came some of these low-code platforms, like one of the things that we offered, like Pega Infinity, came and made this development of application a lot simpler. You can develop applications in weeks or you know days using such low-code platforms, which was ideal for IT departments given the pressures of the business, because businesses wanted these applications to be developed quicker, faster, you know, better. So why this? you know, evolution was happening with, with low-code platforms. What happened in parallel is the development of AI ML technology, including, you know, in, in, in terms of natural language processing, as well as, um, um, the, the, you know, using that to be able to create predictive analytics and adaptive analytics and what have you. All of them came together, right? And, and, um, um, and really was advanced a lot in, in terms of how that technology was, um, uh, was was introduced or, or developed, right? Now, having said that, it really required specialists and experts to understand, to handle all of this AI ML technology, uh, and to be able to use it in you know your your day-to-day -day development um, and, and in building applications. Now, the generative AI um, features that I talked about, um, you know, combined with low-code platforms, you know, these two con you know technologies converging. Um, and being able to have the ability of generative AI features, you know, available through such low-code platforms for, you know, easier, not, you know, not so technical, deeply technical people to be able to leverage such features, it has accelerated the potential of being able to develop application even faster. AI is now um, available to developers who don't need to know or understand that technology deeply and simply can use interfaces that make it available to them to a large extent to be able to democratize um, you know, AI to that extent. Right? So low-code platforms allows individuals with limited programming experience, let's say, to be able to create such applications. This um, democratization, as I can say, can open opportunities for a broader range of people in India to build more and more apps faster um, in an increased um, you know, innovation and um, entrepreneurship environment. These technologies can provide flexibility you know, for, for developers to create highly um, targeted or, or you know, as well as a very broader set of use cases um, that, that are user-centric you know, in, in different uh, verticals. Right? Um, it, it will help in terms of being able to uh, prototype um, and, you know, in an iterative development, um, you know, uh, methodology um, where generative AI tools can automatically generate some of these code snippets or our applications for that matter. Um, developers can test and refine um, their applications quickly, you know, in, in, uh, in a faster environment, right? 
um, all, all of these are, are, are good. Having said that, I think there is still a need for um, computer science fundamentals um, in order to um, build applications that can run at scale, um, that can be resilient, that can perform um, as the you know, applications um, were um, envisioned, right? And, um, and then you asked it in terms of the future of um, application development, right? We can expect um, that, that, um, that the future of application can actually significantly be impacted by technologies, um, as, as I talked about, both generative AI or, or low-code, no-code platforms, right? Some key aspects that may reshape completely some of the um, application development um, um, you know, um, facets are, one, I talked about accelerated development processes, using these in a low code. Now you can actually develop in um, hours or days, you know, at the most weeks, um, completely new applications that can address new use cases. Secondly, um, increased accessibility and democratization. I talked about the ability of um, software developers who may not necessarily, or even non-software you know, non developers think um, you know, about citizen developers, empowering citizen developers, and then some of them having this accessibility um, and um, ability to be able to democratize UI, you know, AI as such in building these applications. I think that is going to be a huge impact, um, you know, that, that will cause change in the future of application um, development. More and more um, citizen developers, you know, would, you know, who have great business knowledge will actually be able to develop applications without um, having to go through as much of a, um, technical knowledge um, understanding as they would, but although it still will need some uh, for sure. Um, I think there will be a good amount of bridging the IT skills gap, um, right? These, these technologies and tools will help to bridge some of the um, skills gap that exists today in, in allowing um, you know, citizen developers or other you know, uh, people or roles like that to be able to uh, build applications. Um, I think one important aspect, I think it will help in the future, you will see larger collaboration between developers and business stakeholders. As, as citizen developers or business knowledge people come closer to, able to, to be able to develop software um, and the software developers to be able to leverage all of such technology features, I think that collaboration is going to become stronger. I think that's a great, um, you know, uh, that's a great thing from a future perspective. Um, and then lastly, I think rapid prototyping and um, iteration, I think that will, um, um, that will, that will definitely be very helpful um, in, in, in um, making it, you know, doing it quicker and what have you. Um, I think um, I would summarize saying um, it's, it's important to note while um, low-code and generative AI technologies offer, you know, a lot of advantages, they may not necessarily be applicable for every application. That may not be the, you know, it's not a panacea, if you will. It, it's not the one that is suited to develop every application. There are complex or, you know, highly specialized applications that may be there that may still require traditional coding approaches. It's not like, you know, you would never use that. However, the increasing adoption of low-code platforms and generative AI is likely there to reshape the application development landscape as we move into the future, making it more accessible, making it more efficient, making it more collaborative, as I said. Um, I think that's that's what we are looking at as the as the future. Okay. Now moving on to the last one since we've spoken about the app development and you've touched base a little bit about the developers here. 
Uh, tell us how it how it actually has impacted uh, a software engineer's role, and uh, what can they actually do to upskill themselves uh, to stay relevant in today's time. Great question. Um, it's 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 all about staying relevant, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this is an interesting aspect in, in terms of how does software engineer's role change and, and what should we what should we really be looking for, right? Uh, very recently, um, I was, um, you know, I think this was probably in the last year, um, I, I was looking at this research report, right? I think GitHub um, um, reported, um, you know, in, in, in terms of from a research point of view that 88% um, of the users felt more productive, right? 96% actually felt they could work faster on repetitive tasks, or 73% of them uh, felt they could um, do better in, in terms of how they maintain software or what have you, uh, when they did research in, in, in terms of systems development, right? You know, when they use generative AI tool, tools, um, you know, that, that, that was kind of the report that, that came to, right? So generative um, AI tools have made programming more accessible, no doubt, to many people, and then hence it will enable more users to make or create new objects, create new projects that might lead to um, creation of even new roles um, in the future from a software development point of view. Right? The evolution of these models um, has lowered um, barriers, if you will, to using low-code, no-code development tools to leverage um, such um, large language models like ChatGPT and what have you, and potentially lead to a birth of whole new class of intelligent developers, um, you know, in, in technology. Uh, think, think prompt engineering or response engineering. These are two that are very popular these days that are becoming uh, more and more, um, you know, uh, you know, clarity, you know, that that that. That, that are becoming more and more clearer as we as we move uh, forward. Think about in terms of prompt engineering is a role where engineers are becoming experts at how to use these large language models in, in, in being able to ask the right question, in being able to formulate um, the right queries, in, in, in the right, you know, giving the right, you know, the, the best inputs, if you will using the right APIs in being able to call some of these um, you know, models to be able to answer the questions they may have, whether that is through an integration of code or whether that is through a straight interface. Again, same thing in terms of ability to be able to handle the output that comes from such models. That is something that we refer to as response engineering. You know, outputs of these models are not always in a consumable form as to how you can actually consume it. So it is essential to be able to understand how do I take that output and be able to present it you know, to a user in a way that it is mapped to whether it is mapped to my data models or whether it is mapped to the right you know, formats of user interfaces or what have you to be able to show it in a meaningful fashion. So we call this prompt engineering or response engineering, which are getting more and more clarified um, over time, right? So, you know, the, the generative AI and low-code, you know, platforms that have um, proliferated, as I should say, in software development, they tend to, you know, they, they do help achieve, um, you know, a lot of these strategic goals to be more productive, you know, where um, and then better experience for that matter for, for um, um, their consumers, right? Um, with the advent of um, such um, advancement in technologies, 
new roles and opportunities, like I talked about, will continue to emerge. Um, you know, and then some of the some of the impact on developers, um, I could potentially um, describe um, in, in in terms of um, you know um, in, in in terms of how it could impact um, and software engineers' role. Right? Think about it in terms of software engineers should be able to shift focus to higher level tasks. They don't have to do the same repetitive um, things, and then they can you know leverage these tools to be able to do them faster. So they can focus on higher level tasks. They can um, think about rapid prototyping to be able to iterate and then get to the end game much faster, um, be able to do that experimentation, to be able to collaborate with non-technical business stakeholders like I talked about earlier, um, that can provide a much greater understanding of the market needs or the you know, client use cases or what have you. Um, ability to be able to integrate with AI capabilities within their applications you know, for that matter, right? Um, they can bridge their skill gaps that they may have in, uh, without necessarily, you know, leveraging some of these tools, they can bridge their skills gap, right? And, and it will help, I think, generally in continuous learning and uh, um, adoption for that matter, right? Uh, so the role of um, software engineers in my mind continues to be crucial in designing um, robust architectures in optimizing performance, ensuring security, building reliable, scalable systems, and addressing any complex software engineering challenges, those are not going to go away. Um, these technologies act as tools that augment, um, you know, as, as um, that augment the skills and productivity of software engineers, enabling them to do much better um, as we move forward. Right? And then that's kind of, you know, what I would say um, is the impact into a software engineer's role. Hey, thank you so much, Deepak. I think that, uh, you know, very well summarizes the overall uh, theme that we're actually, you know, we started uh, the conversation with. And uh, thank you for doing this with us, uh, Deepak. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity um, to be, you know, to, to be on this um, important, you know, podcast. I really appreciate that, um, Shikriti, um, you know, and then look forward to doing more of these. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thanks once again, Deepak. Audience, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope uh, you've made notes of what uh, Deepak has just mentioned about, you know, you being the engineers and the role and how you can upskill yourself, especially. Uh, apart from the important pointers that, uh, you know, uh, he emphasized upon the reevaluation of uh, the current uh, software development arena and the AI empowerment that we uh, spoke initially. I will be back with uh, some more tech podcasts. Stay tuned to Tech Gig uh, for all the latest tech happenings. Thank you so much.